Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have awesome news for you. Our partners at Bet Online continue to get it done as the number one source for all your sports betting needs from the UFC MMA scene to college and pro hoops. You name it, it's all there. Uh, also, the upcoming baseball season is coming fast and furious. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head on over to the website today. That's betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. Or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's BELIEVE, B L E A V. You'll get your rewards. Start betting, have fun. Hey, bet online where the game starts. We're not too far from the end of the big game in the NFL. The Eagles and Chiefs, boy, did they dazzle us and give us one of the great Super Bowls of all time. And it really gives you a chance to look back on the season, right? All the storytelling, rookies, of course, trying to make their way, veterans chasing the last ring. Really, it goes beyond the box score. And today's sports journalists tell compelling stories about the people under the headsets and the helmets. Well, you know what? St. Bonaventure University's online Master of Arts in Sports Journalism trains students to tell stories in an increasingly digital environment. Aspiring NFL reporters and broadcasters learn how to podcast, tell stories on social media, and identify future opportunities for audience growth. These lessons can be completed around your schedule thanks to a 100% online format. SBU is the official education partner of the Buffalo Bills and has an extensive alumni network, including Yours truly. U.S. News and World Report further confirms their academic excellence by placing SBU 20th in its ranking of regional universities in the North Region. Learn more about how St. Bonaventure can open doors to sports reporting careers at sbujournalism.com. That's sbujournalism.com. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, listen, rate, and review. We are brought to you by Welch & Company Jewelers, Burn Dairy, Liverpool Physical Therapy, and our awesome, awesome friends at Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company. If you're in and around the western New York area, get on over to Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company. They've got amazing beers on tap. You get the Crowlers, the Growlers, the Mug Club, you name it. And, of course, be on the lookout. Facebook, Instagram, uh, for their newest releases and uh, it's just a terrific place to go, man. I, I've been there. Um, they've got the games on year-round. So get on over to Stumble and Monkey Brewing Company in the Rochester area. School Street right there in Victor. And, hey, if you live in central New York, it's really not that far of a drive, right? You could go have a great day trip in Rochester and go have a couple of pints at Stumble and Monkey Brewing Company, the official brewing company of the ML Sports Platter. So I've been getting flooded lately uh, with... You know, Syracuse basketball stuff. <laughs> Questions. Uh, people know I'm at the games working, you know, for ESPN. Used to be at all the games working uh, because I was doing post-game stuff, uh, you know, uh, locally. Um, now I just go and, and do the stack gig, and and, and I, I love doing it. I love working for ESPN. Uh, got a chance to work with uh, Dave O'Brien and um, Dick Vitale for the uh, SU Duke game. And, you know, I, I like to go because I, I not only do I enjoy the work, but I like to go – and see, I see so many people there all the time. I probably see about 30 to 40 people every single game. Um, you know, I chat with uh, all the security guys who are my buddies. And, um, you know, I just, I like, it keeps me in it. And, and, and I like it. I like going. I like the work. I like 
um, you know, the, the, the food has been uh, stepped up as well. So it, that, that's a nice thing. You know, you get to have a plate of food and, and usually sit next to a media friend like a Mike Waters or Donna DeToto or, um, you know, any of the guys from ESPN. So um, I, I just like it. I like being in it. And then, you know, I, I, people are, have been hitting me quite a bit, you know, lately with messages about, you know, what's gone wrong and, um, you know, can it be fixed and is it coaching and all these sorts of things. So I'm just going to kind of First of all, it's on to next year. I mean, let's be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm recording this right after the Clemson game. Uh, there's a couple of games left for Syracuse, but they don't matter. Uh, Syracuse is not good enough to win the ACC tournament. There's no way this team can go on a run. Um, it, it, it would be one of the biggest miracles in, in the history of Syracuse basketball if they were able to, you know, if they were able to, to, to win the ACC tournament. This is not going to happen. Um, but it's on to next year. And it's on to next year. Because this season just completely went off the rails. Um, they were starting to play pretty good basketball, right, like a couple weeks ago, and then just have torpedoed again. And that Clemson game was absolutely brutal. I mean, the 2-3 zone gives up 14 three-pointers. Um, you know, SU gets out-rebounded 38-28. to They're getting beat on just about all, all possessions. I mean, really, all possessions, all rebounds, weak side rebound, this and that and the other thing. And I read a wild stat, wild stat. Clemson had 28 assists, crisp ball movement, moving great without the ball and all the rest. Syracuse had nine. That goes to tell you exactly, a lot of times stats, you know, don't really tell the whole story, but sometimes like a stat can really tell a story and a stat can tell you about everything else and, and how the game went. And that's a big one. The assists mean that you know, Clemson was rotating and doing their thing and, and Syracuse was not. Um, you know, I, 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 I throw a tip of the cap out there to, you know, Jesse Edwards, he, he battled, he, 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 you know, he had 10 rebounds in the game. Um, but you know, Joe Girard was awful. Uh, Judah Mintz, uh, you know, was, was, was really good. I mean, he scores 23 points, uh, in this game. Uh, they got really, you know, only 12 points out of Bell and Brown, uh, just not going to cut it. You know, they got nine, 11, 13, 15 points off the bench, uh, nine of them coming from Benny Williams, but, uh, the overall team play was so bad that it it just didn't matter at that particular point. Um, you know, you lose by uh, you lose by eighteen, uh, you're 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 pretty much getting run off the floor. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, we have to look towards next year now, and next year is obviously centered around Judah Mintz. You know, will Judah Mintz come back? What we don't know in college basketball is who the hell is going to be on a roster year to year. We have no idea, and. It's because of NIL. It's because of transfer portal. Judah Mintz, maybe he'll leave, maybe not. You know, I, I don't, I don't really know. Um, you know, I think the option for him to come back to Syracuse uh, is not only there with, you know, the chance to grow and all that uh, with with maybe some teammates who will come back. Um, you know, it, it's there, but also other opportunities could be there, right? I mean, he could go to right now, a, a much more relevant program than Syracuse. I mean, Syracuse right now, you know, they're, they're just completely not relevant in college basketball. I mean, you know, this is the, what, seventh winningest winnings program of all time. And they're they're just not relevant. And and I know that winning his program, you know, is regular season wins and all that. I, I, I get that. Um, you know, Syracuse will never be Duke, Carolina, Kansas. I, I get that. But they've still racked up a lot of wins. It's a phenomenon in Central New York. I know. I've lived it. I've breathed it. I've covered it. Um, you know, people are obsessed with this team. Uh, they're obsessed with the future. They're obsessed with recruiting. They're, I mean, you know, it's it's the pro sport in Central New York. That's the bottom line. 
And um, when Syracuse has a long, long year, uh, people have long years. <laughs> people have long winters in Central New York when the Orange are really, really down. And, and right now they are. I mean, 16 and 12 and 9 and 8 in conferences. I record this with a couple of games left. You know, uh, that ain't good. That ain't good. But but will Bell be back, right? I mean, will I mean I like some of their players. I mean, I I think a lot of these guys are are guys who can develop into some 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 really nice uh, you know basketball players. I mean, I think Malik Brown has the physicality. He's got the um, you know the skill set at six eight two twenty. Um, you know to 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 develop and be a good player at Syracuse. Chris Bell six seven one ninety. Um, you know, long lean forward. Uh, you can kind of move him around. I think he has really good potential, right? Uh, Benny Williams, a couple of years left. You know, if he hangs in there, maybe he can take that next step. He didn't this year. Um, obviously had some off-the-court problems as well. Um, you know, he could be someone who who could develop into, you know, a really nice role player off the bench. Justin Taylor, you know, 6'6", 210, um, has shown flashes this year that he could be a really productive offensive player. Needs a lot of work on defense, but he could be a guy they could count on, right? Um, you know, you've got Kadir Copeland, a freshman. I mean, this team is super young. And I was asked just recently, like, well, what is it? Is it coaching? Is it the youth? Is it this? Is it that? And, and, and it's really, it's a little of everything, right? Um, they're a young team, but they're young and raw and consistently inconsistent. You know, you might get one huge half out of Taylor, but then he disappears for three or four games, right? You might get something out of Bell and Brown, but then like you, um, you miss them for a month. You have no idea where they are, right? execution down the stretch. Listen, Judah Mintz has been arguably their best player this year, but look at that Miami game on the road, Carolina at home. Judah Mintz tried to, you know, go up against bigger, taller, stronger players and lost the ball, turnovers and just bad decision-making. Those were, if those two wins take place, you know, Syracuse at 18 and 10, they might be a tournament team, right? Two more wins against quality opponents. They'd be a tournament team. Um, you know, and but instead, those kind of wins that go the other way into the loss column make me say things like, well, they don't have a chance to win the ACC tournament. This team's irrelevant. All those different things. And yet, if you kind of get the, you know, the microscope out and look at it really, really close, you can also see, though, that, you know, it's two or three games that, you know, if they had won them, then Syracuse might be a tournament team. But that's what, you know, that's what happens with sports, man. You know, like you're a couple games away, a couple bounces away or whatever from being, you know, in the mix to irrelevant. That's just how it goes. Um, you know, Syracuse does not have great wins this year um, at all. And I think I, I kind of had a feeling that even though there was a lot of basketball to play, I kind of had a feeling that this team was in deep trouble after the non-conference. Um, I knew that the ACC was going to be down, but I didn't think it would be this down. It's been really down. But, you know, when Colgate comes into your arena and beats you by 12, and again, we've seen teams in the past, Syracuse, take, you know, bad losses early um, and, 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 and rebound and find a way and steal a couple at the Dome and, and all that and, and win when, you know, you least expect them to on the road. And then they climb back. They're on the bubble. They get in. And then once they're in, you don't want to play them in March because of the 2-3 and uh, the experience of Jim Beheim and his staff and, um, you know, different elements there. Um you know, we've seen that happen before. It, it won't happen this year, but we've seen it multiple times. So they've done it. But this year, I, I kind of had, even though the ACC was down, I was kind of like, you know what? I just don't see it with this team. I think this team is going to be boomer bust, and they're going to be consistently inconsistent. And here we are. And I think I think I was right, you know? 
I think I was right. I'm not, I'm not right about a lot of things, but I think I was right. And Colgate came in and blew them out by 12. You know, they lost to St. John's at home in overtime. You know, they lost to Bryant. Then they go at Illinois with an unbelievable opportunity to beat a top 20 team. And they were they didn't even show up. I mean, Syracuse lost that game, if you remember, by 29 points. That was ugly. Then Cuse goes on a run. They win five in a row, Notre Dame, Oakland, Georgetown, Monmouth, and Cornell. And you're like, okay, maybe, you know, they get some double-digit wins. They get some confidence, right? That win over Notre Dame was on the road. Okay, here we go. Then they play Pittsburgh at home. Another golden opportunity. And poor execution down the stretch. They lose by two. You're like, oh, that was a great opportunity. Then they come back and win two. And you're like, okay, BC at home, obviously, uh, you know, need to beat BC. They're terrible. But B actually, BC just beat Virginia, as I, as I record this now, uh, a night ago. Uh, at Louisville, okay, you get that win. Road wins are always hard in conference, right? You go at Virginia, had your chances there. Poor execution, loss, another opportunity to be the top 15 team. Then we do it all over again. They beat Virginia Tech at home. They beat Notre Dame at home. You're like, okay, maybe, maybe. They're 12-6, and 5-2, and two, plenty of basketball left. They've got, you know, three, four chances against ranked teams, get quality wins. They've got a bunch of home games. Can they steal a couple? But... And then, right, um, boy, right in that little mix there is, is the, it, at 12-6, 5-2, you're kind of going, all right, this Miami game's the biggest game of the year. And at that time, it was. And Syracuse had it. They blew that game. They were up double digits in the second half. I watched the entire game. I was so frustrated watching the execution down the stretch. Jesse Edwards was, was ridiculous in this game. He had 25 points on 11 boards. And they, they lost by four because of poor execution. Then they beat Georgia Tech on the road. Then they come home and they beat they should have beaten North Carolina. Again, poor execution. They lose by only four points. Then they get blown out at Virginia Tech. Virginia at home, again, another opportunity. Top 10 team, poor execution down the stretch, lose the game by five, right? They, they could they could have had it. They were, they were right there. They were right in it. Then Syracuse wins three in a row going into the Duke game. They beat Florida State on the road, NC State at home, which was a great win. That was probably their best win of the year. And you're like, okay, BC on the road at Florida State, NC State at home, top 25 team. You finally got your quad one win. Now you're going into the Duke game. You got to go at Clemson, at Pitt, Georgia Tech at home, and Wake Forest. You're looking at it like, okay, maybe if Syracuse can win all of those games but one, right, maybe there's an outside chance that they could sneak in. Maybe, maybe. Well, and I remember Dick Vitale saying it on the broadcast when I was working with him. He said, Syracuse is playing their best basketball of the year. And in that three-game win streak, it really kind of felt that way. And then they lose to Duke. They got crushed by Duke. Three-pointers raining all over the place. Uh, Duke only, what, came in making just under seven threes a game on average, and, and they lit up Syracuse with double-digit threes made. And then the Clemson game was a complete joke right from the first horn. Um, you know, they lose by 18 on the road. And now we're kind of like back to, okay, this team just isn't very good, right? This team is all the things I said. They're consistently inconsistent. They're young and raw. They're this, they're that, and the other. And so now we, you know, we march on to looking at next year. And yeah, that Duke game, good grief. Duke shot 13 of 26 from three. They went on a 21 to two run in that game. And it was man versus boy. And it was an annual reminder. I know a lot of you Syracuse fans hate it when I do this, but it's the truth that Syracuse is not Duke. So now it's on to next year. I've got a couple of extra thoughts, including Jim Beheim. Would he, would he retire after this year? I don't know. 
Uh, he's been asked for a long time. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what he'll do, but uh, I'm going to get into that and a few more things to close up this episode of the ML Sports Platter. Next, it's all brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Welch & Company Jewelers, and the Al and Angus Pub. ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, and listen. We are brought to you by Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, Ken's Auto Detailing, and our awesome friends at Camillus Golf Club. Go get your 2023 membership today at Camillus Golf Club, the official golf course of the ML Sports Platter. So Jim Beheim, right? He buys a, skinny, a house in Skinny Atlas for $10 million. Um, you know, there have been whispers that maybe he, um, you know, just isn't into it as much and, and, and he's extra tired and all those th- sorts of things. And listen, I, I've already explained it a million times over the years. I don't have a great relationship with Jim. It's a very odd one. Uh, it's certainly that way, not because of me. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, but, you know, the guy just has totally disrespected me for years. And, uh, you know, I, I stopped asking questions in the post game, And I haven't talked to him. Um, you know, I've seen him. I've said hi to him. And then he doesn't say hi back. And he just frowns at me and, and looks the other way. And he's just very, um, you know, he's, he's just he's just a curmudgeon where, where I'm concerned. And, uh, you know, I, I get tired of his act. I get tired of the attitude. I get tired of the treatment of the media, um, you know, from a guy who makes tons of money off the media. Uh, it's very frustrating. I respect the hell out of him. He's had an unbelievable career. Um, what he built at Syracuse is, is craziness, his longevity, craziness, his loyalty, craziness. Um, but, and I have no inside information whatsoever uh, the people who I know who are closest to the program don't know either, uh, and they haven't given me any any word of anything. But what I would tell you is that there are some signs that look a little different than they did, you know, two, three, four years ago, right? I mean, he's sitting a lot more now on the bench. You know, he just doesn't get up as much. Um, you know, I have, a, I have a good friend of mine who told me that, you know, he fell asleep at his golf tournament. You know, he <laughs> talked to the audience and he went out and just slept in the lounge. Um you know, practices aren't the same. Um, you know, I don't know how much he's actually recruiting. I mean, it, it's probably Allen, you know, Red and, and Jerry who, who are doing, you know, most, if not all of it at this point. Um, I don't know that, but I, I mean, come on, you're 78 years old. How much are you going to go around and travel and, and put boots on the, you know, boots to the ground, right? Um, you know, I thought it would have been nice for him to go out with his sons. I thought that would have been a really nice touch. Um you know, he could have gone out when they surprised everybody again and went to the, you know, Sweet 16 five years ago. Uh, that could have been it. Um, I don't know what the, the the reason would be to, to you know, come back, um, you know, especially with the way college basketball is. He's been very outspoken in a lot of ways. He's been incorrect and out of line with that. Uh, and, you know, he always does that, and then he backpedals. I mean, it's been a, the same song and dance for almost 50 years. Um, you know, with the NIL and transfer portal and all that and accusing teams of buying players and all that. Well, tough, tough crap, dude. <laughs> That's what you can do. And by the way, why do you have a problem if other teams are buying players when you have Adam Weissman, who's right next to your bench? You know what I mean? Like, he's like the key booster for Syracuse, and he can go buy a player for you. But that's how Jim is. You know, it's it's not cool if everybody else is doing it to, to a higher level, but then once you're doing it, it's okay. That That's how he rolls. Um you know, you, you've, you've got that right there. You got money right next to you, you know, offering, offering it up to players. So I don't know what the reason would be for him to come back. Um, other than his obvious pure love 
of the game, which he does have that. I, I don't, I never question that. Um, you know, is it ego to try and get more wins so that if he eventually gets, you know, his, his wins back, which he does deserve those, um, you know, does he make a run at coach K, you know, as far as the all time wins go, I don't know what it is next year. I mean, is the roster that enticing for him to come back? You know, he doesn't even know who's going to be on it because, because of the NIL transfer portal. You know, I mean, is he really going to come back to a team that doesn't have Judah Mintz if he's gone? I don't know. So I don't know what entice him. I, I really don't. Um, you know, clearly him making the comments about NIL and transfer port and all that sort of thing. He was right in one regard that there are a lot of coaches who are leaving or who have left because of it. Just don't want to deal with it anymore. I mean, look at Jay Wright, right? I mean, Jay Wright is really, really accomplished, right? I mean, absolutely positively accomplished. And He's a guy who, you know, is in the Basketball Hall of Fame. He's got 642 wins, two-time Naismith Coach of the Year, right? Four Final Fours, two NCAA championships, right? I mean, this guy's career, it's awesome, you know? Won a gold medal in Tokyo, Basketball Hall of Fame 2021, and he's only 61 years old. (laughs) He's so young. He's in amazing shape. Why keep battling, you know? I mean, what would, what if you're Jay Wright and he swears he's never coming back, but you went to, you know, you coached Villanova for 21 years. You climbed the ladders in assistant at Rochester, Drexel, Nova, UNLV, head coach at Hofstra, success there, and then right into Nova. And they were a perennial power under Jay Wright. There's no incentive for a guy with that resume to come back with NIL, transfer portal. I mean, what what would he do? You know, coach another 10 years and win, oh, I don't know, you know, on average, let's say 18 wins a year, right? I don't know. You know, you might win 22, 23 one year. He might have a 500 year. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they would have gone if he coaches another 10 years. But let's say he gets another 180, 200 wins. Okay, you're at 842 and let's say he never makes another Final Four. Let's say he wins like, you know, one, two more conference tournaments in the Big East. Okay. Maybe a couple regular season titles. Maybe he makes one more Elite Eight, a couple more Elite Eights, and a couple more Sweet Sixteens. Does that really matter? Really? I mean, on the all-time resume, does that really matter? Making two more Elite Eights, two more Sweet Sixteens. I'm just putting out a hypothetical that he doesn't make a Final Four. And you know what? Let's say he did make a Final Four. One more in 10 years. That's three. That's that's five Final Fours. Four versus five. Does it matter? He has two championships. I mean, I, I just... Jay Wright is one of the examples that Jim was kind of alluding to, and Mike Bray is also now in that category. He's retiring at the end of the year, leaving Notre Dame. He did great things for the Irish. So I don't know. I don't know what the incentive would be for Jim to come back, other than the pure joy, you know, and love of the game, um, and, and possibly some ego in there to get you know more wins. I, I I don't know. I don't know what it would be. I don't have conversations with him, so I wouldn't know. Also, uh, but you know, we'll see what happens. But this season went off the rails kind of a few different times. And they tried to climb back and get some momentum, and then they lost key games, didn't execute down the stretch, and then they, you know, you win one, two in a row, and you're like, oh, maybe they're back, and then they lose again. So it's been a consistently inconsistent year. I have been impressed with Judah Mintz. I've been impressed with Joe Girard at times. I know people get frustrated with him and his his um, you know his turnovers and and some of the things that he does. Um, I think he's way better off the ball, you know, not playing point guard. 
uh, where he can kind of, you know, create some opportunities off the ball, move around, you know, get some three-point shots up. I think that makes a lot more sense for him. Um, he had a pretty solid career at Syracuse, though, and, and definitely wish him well. Uh, Jesse Edwards, really, really nice year. But again, it's going to come down to the youngsters across the board, right? Judah Mintz included, Bell, Brown, Copeland, all these guys, Benny Williams, freshman and sophomore. Who's coming back? What's the roster look like? Maybe that is a part for Jim as well. But uh, this season went off the tracks. You know, it went off the tracks in the regular, uh, uh, in the uh, non-conference regular season. Um, got back on the tracks a little bit. Um, off, on, off, on, you know, um, you know, off execution, you know, that January stretch, mid-January to late January, then they bounce back early February, they get the three wins, they lose to Duke, lose to Clemson, and I mean, they got blown out in both those games, so, um, you know, it it goes, this probably goes back to the non-con, it really does, I mean, you know, you needed overtime to beat Richmond at home, you know, you lose to St. John's in OT, Bryant beats you by a point, you know, you get blown out by 29 to Illinois, you know, Colgate comes in, and runs you off the floor. So it probably started then, and they probably never fixed their issues to the point where they can be consistently good. Instead, they remained consistently inconsistent. Mike Lindsley with you here. It's the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by our good friends at Stanley Law Offices. Stanley Law Offices, together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. And a huge tip of the cap, thank you out there as well, to our good friends at Bowers & Company, CPAs, Liverpool Physical Therapy, the Al and Angus Pub and Brewerton Ace Hardware. Hey, if you're in and around Central New York, right in front of the Brewerton Bridge, stop by Brewerton Ace Hardware. They've got it all, man, as far as your house needs, inside and outside, from outdoor living, grills and smokers, plumbing, lighting, electrical, hardware, building supplies, and more. Ace, the helpful place, Brewerton Ace Hardware, Route 11, and you can stop by their website before you actually physically stop by at acehardware.com. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.